CrossPolitik begins in 3, 2, 1. Stop a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is King of Kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. I didn't start it. Sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. Right, when the Spirit comes upon people, they go to war. They go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. You are listening to CrossPolitik with Gabe Wrench, the Waterboy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knox. Hello, y'all. Welcome to CrossPolitik. We're back. We're back in the studio. Last week, life happened. You smell that? Every once in a while? vape. Mm, No, no, no. What flavor is that? No, that's... That's a piano finish. Oh. <laughs> mm. That's what that is. Mm. We're back in the studio. So we've been in my office, uh, my studio office, all summer at my house because the air conditioner works better there. With no fumes. With no fumes. Which right. explains why the show wasn't wacky. But now, but now we feel better. Right. <laughs> so things are getting back to normal. Guys. Uh, hey guys, It feels good to it, be here. It feels great to be back. Uh, um, uh, a couple things. One is this is one of my favorite times of year where I can like pull out flannel again. So oh. it's flannel season. Flannel. Happy fall. Flannel. Apple, did, happy flannel. Did you actually stop wearing it through the rest of the year? For the, no, just during the summer. Hey. I don't wear flannel during the summer. It gets hey, a little warm for that. Hey, Gabe. Yeah. Oh, we're getting there. That's oh. why I said oh. a couple things. There was yeah. a voice. Yeah. Yes. I just, I just, yeah. <laughs> Secondly, uh-huh. we have our managing editor, uh, <gasps> oh. Rachel Seaborn, in the studio today. Rachel. Hey. hey. Woo. hey Thanks first, for joining us. I just want to say sorry. <laughs> yeah, you having to edit and all that stuff. Yeah. He just he just apologizing <laughs> on the front end, right? Right, right away. Yeah. I'm, just, she's, I'm sure she's had to go through it. She's well, like, she, really, guys? Well, is she, there no spell check? You know, but mostly, <laughs> mostly, mostly, we just want to apologize for game. Yes, yes, yes. that too. But, you know, yeah, no, that's real. <laughs> you guys sound like my wife now. <laughs> She told us to tell She's everybody like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I need to apologize for my husband. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. My wife makes everything, cleans up everything. I just saw your wife actually. And nice. you yeah. to, to your kids. Yeah. At yeah. Logos. No. Right. No. No. Down at Mad Greek. Oh, there you go. After, Mad yeah, Greek. Yeah. Right. You guys been there? When mm-hmm. I texted you on accident? Yeah. Or called you on accident? I was sitting there and five minutes later, your wife walked in. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> how about that? So, look, real quick, let's All give right. Rachel an uh, intro here. Okay. Um, Rachel is, a, she graduated from New St. Andrews College. Yes. And you are managing editor across Baltic. You also are a teacher at St. Abe's, right? Yes. Down in Santa oh, Cruz. Cool. What do you teach? Uh, I teach Latin and rhetoric, apologetics, and literature. Apologetics. Mm-hmm. Wow. Rachel's no, be a fun Rachel's no joke. <laughs> Watch okay. out. Watch out. Okay. Don't, don't mess up. Her most prestigious position, though, is managing editor. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Right. That's what just... I tell people first. Right. <laughs> what, do you, what do you do? <laughs> I'm with CrossPolitik. Oh. oh. <laughs> and you went to NSA, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. St. Um, St. Abe's is in Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. San- yep. Santa Cruz. So you're like suffering on the beach. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Oh, I have to endure it. <laughs> well, thank you, Rachel, for coming on the show yeah. and everything you do for us from a distance. Right. We couldn't, our blog would not function without right. Rachel, hands down. Absolutely yeah. not. It's no, cranking. It's cranking. I can't keep up with it. You got cranking out. I know. Right. I know. Thanks. Really yeah. Well, it's really fun to, being, being the editor, I get to read all the articles. So. Yeah. Well, way to go. Are you yeah. not writing any yet, though, are you? I have. I've written yeah. some in the past, but since okay. I started teaching, I, I haven't managed to write more. And, did- and I'll say, especially recently, there's been some really good stuff coming yeah. off our blog. Um, Tyler Hatcher. Oh, my goodness. He has two. Those two. Wow. Both of them. Yep. Really I need yeah. to get on those. He, yeah. You know, he was my intern. Yeah, yes. That's why, that's why he's so good. So, so, I, need to, so I need to check he's it like, out. You know, I need to check this out. The boy didn't learn to laugh from me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm proud of that boy. Uh, yeah, good job. I'm proud yeah, of that so boy. Good job. Good job. Don't stop. Amen. And uh, so while, while we just mentioned New St. Andrews, I want to mention a couple of things. Um, for those who are interested in New St. Andrews, I'm getting my master's there right now. Did I mention that? What? I'm getting my master's. Going nice. back to school? Yeah. In six years, you'll have I'll, it. I'll, it. Probably. <laughs> I'm 38. That'll be, that'll be, but that'll be a record. It's okay. Because that's what I do for my bachelor's degree was a six year. So it's, do just, it. it's just what I do. do it. It's so, just six years. So you're getting it from NSA? NSA, yeah. Cool. And master's in theology and writing. Wow. Nice. So there you go. So if you guys want to join me, yeah. 
Um, uh, we got Perspective Student Weekend coming up in November. November um, uh, 10th, 11th, and 12th, I believe. What is that now? Perspective Student Weekend at New It just Canadian. sounds like a whole bunch of words. What does that mean? That means, that means hey, if you're interested in NSA and you want to visit, come on up. Okay. Come on up. It's, like, right. it's like a weekend with like is this stuff planned. There's stuff planned that we got all kinds of events for the, the visitors who want to check out NSA. You can, of course, sit in on classes. Balloons go to Dispatadio. Um, uh, you, uh, I, I, or Grace, or one of my recruiters, um, can give you guys a tour. It's just a it's don't just miss this. Do they? Do they yeah. have a ball or a dinner soccer or something? game? They, or something? Yeah, so they'll have they'll have you know some sort of sport, maybe pumpkin event. rugby, possibly pumpkin rugby. That that's weekend. one of the famous yeah. things yep. you know around here. Yep. You know, yeah. they 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 go they play. They literally get pumpkins and, and go they, play rugby. Yeah, play rugby. I, I, I've seen the pictures. And they and they crash and break. Oh, and yeah. everything. It's, it's, it's a hoot. It's glorious. If it doesn't scare the perspectives away, then you know they're right for the school. <laughs> That's why they do it. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we turn one of them into a pumpkin. Right, exactly. Exactly. Uh, secondly, related to that uh, prospective student weekend, we also have our early scholarship deadline, December first. So, um, so get your application. So this in. is for students that want to apply. Apply to NSA for and next they, year, and then get a scholarship. Yep. Yep. For that's for the liberal arts. That's for the BA. Um, undergrad. Yep. Undergrad for but December first. Apply before December first. They're eligible for that scholarship. Yep. Automatically. Wow. Yes, it's a great deal. It's a great incentive um, to get to get going. I just um, want to go, guys. The reason why I haven't given you anything to drink yet. Yeah, yeah just, okay? just wondering. Yeah, we're just sitting over here like uh, dry mouths. Is uh, because this literally the is our, can only do so much. This literally <laughs> is our one year anniversary. Oh, this week, literally, wow. yes, this week. Like remember, today? you remember the last happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to Cross wow. Politic. Uh, so, isn't that trippy? So I don't know wow. if it's like today, but to this week. Okay. Poor right. people. Um, I know. They've been listening to us for a year. We're sorry, y'all. <laughs> so I, just... I, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, we dropped our first episode the third week in September. We're third week in September, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, third it's, week in September. Wow. Last wow. second today. Well, yeah. praise God. Yeah. So I got some scotch um, for us. I guess I lost that bet, huh? <laughs> we stayed we stayed around for a year I got some scotch for us and I got some pucker oh, for David <laughs> my dude I just wanna I feel like I want an Oscar right now man. Like, oh, there we go. I'm gonna hold it close to my chest y'all, y'all, y'all gotta see this bottle it's man, bright like, uh, green yeah. sour apple pucker you know what y'all looking at puckers I'm looking at love this is love <laughs> right here thank oh. you very much I'm not David, sharing with none of y'all David there you go. Look David. crazy all you want. This is mine. Oh man. It's okay. Cool. Oh man. Let's, we 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 got a lot to cover. I got some really good stuff for cross politic news while I'm pouring some scotch. Can, we can look at that. I got. I'll pass this down when I'm done with it. There'll be some okay. left. Oh, lastly, I forgot to mention post college conference here in Moscow, Idaho. Post college life. Post college life conference. If you're out of college or getting out of college and and want to um, come to our post college life conference, please join us. It's October sixth. And eighth here in uh, sixth and seventh here in Moscow, Idaho. Toby, are you doing a talk at that? Yeah, I'm doing the first talk. Oh, what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. So, oh, so, yeah. Good. yeah. So come and be so, surprised. Something really, really awesome. It's a work in progress. Deep um, about um, about post college life. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and I'll say one of the reasons why we started this conference is because we know there's a lot of uh, post college life students. In right. that groove, right. who either need encouragement or want to be part of a community of, of people who are kind of in that network, and and you know maybe you find your wife here. We don't know. It's not possible. We can't promise no, that. No, that happens. People come, but there, but there is a sign up sheet, right? Yes, <laughs> for, for those who are looking for husbands and wives, <laughs> bring, bring pictures. Yeah, bring pictures. And the the website uh, for this is um, I'm bringing it up right now. Uh, it's on our Christ is our Christchurch website. Go to Christchurch.com events. You'll see post calls. Christ Kirk, I think. Christ Kirk. Christkirk.com, and you'll see under a, a events, link. post-college life, conferences, 2017, so forth. Yeah. There you go. My father-in-law is our college pastor, and he kind of oversees this right. conference. I'm speaking. So. Um, I'm pretty sure that uh, Pastor Wilson, Doug Wilson, is going to be giving a talk. Yep. Um, I'm going to be there just for y'all. There's, there's a guy um, giving a talk, um, Pastor uh, Kirk Brower from uh, uh, Bridge, Bible Bridge Bible Church. Bible. He's yep. going to be talking about evangelism um, and outreach. I think there's another guy who's uh, giving a talk on, like, like finances, like how to you know buy a house. Oh, um, oh yeah, you know, okay. Kind of, so it's like there's some solid like Bible teaching on like thinking about your like God's calling on your life, how to think about your future, how to think about your time, um, um, and to embrace God's calling. You know, when you're when you're in college, you kind of get up and you know what you're supposed to do the next day because you have a class to take, right? You know, because and then you got to take the next class because you got to you know get all your credits and you got to get your degree. And then sometimes you finish and you're like, well. Now what I do? Now what? Yeah. yeah. And so you want to. This is an opportunity to zoom out and say, well, "What does God talk about? What does God say about 
um, his calling on your life. And then, and then also giving you practical tools for thinking about, you know, buying houses, paying off debt, yeah. um, getting ready to get married. Um, yeah, what, do you, yeah, what do you need to do to get ready to get married? Yeah, yeah right. So that kind of stuff. So, that's great. Um, that's a better plug than I could ever do. Thank yeah. you, Toby. It is, no, it's, it's true. Good job. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what's the dates again? Uh, October 6th and 7th. Oh, yeah. this yeah. is nice. What, is, what did I just say? That's Glenn Morangi. Oh, man. That Praise is, the Lord. That is so I'm, good. God is good. How do you open it? Um, uh-huh. you, you got. Oh, you're doing good. Just take. Just little, keep twisting. Pull the cap up. Okay. There's kind of a. What do you got for news? Okay, let's right. get over it. Toby, you figure that out while I get into news. Cross Baltic news. I got. I got a couple videos um for you guys um and I want to start here um a couple a weeks ago. I can't see. I know. The videos. I know. Audio. I got a couple audio. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Just thank making you. sure. Um, and a couple weeks ago we actually had a tragedy in Spokane where there's a shooting in the high school. Yeah. Um, and as liberals always do, they turn this into a guns guns rights issue. Um, right after, no, immediately. Not a, not a guns rights. Yeah, a gun takeaway <laughs> issue, right? Yeah. Um, and so uh, this is uh, the sheriff talking um, when the liberals were questioning him on this. I was on the 15-year-old. I can tell you, folks, I carried a gun all my life. I hunted. I, I shot. My friends and I, it's hunting season back home. When I was in high school... Every one of those rigs in the high school parking lot had a gun in the gun rack. Why? We went hunting on the way home. None of those guns ever walked into a school. None of those guns ever shot anybody. What's the difference? Did the gun change? Or did you as a society change? Now, I'll give you odds that it was you as a society because you started glorifying cultures of violence. You glorified the gang culture. You glorified games that actually give you points for raping. So forth. Well, he, well, he I got, didn't he, interrupt him. He, he, got, he, got a, he, he, he can keep them going. Yeah, here, let me Why not? I'll, I'll let, let him finish. Let him finish. And killing people. Gun didn't change. We changed. Ooh. Yeah. After, after, so this is a shooting up in the Spokane area. I'm just going to take a sip of this. Was, and, yeah. Uh, right. And I, I just, I just, you know, the liberals, of course, want to turn this into a gun problem. And they don't want to point it back in that it's a people it's problem. It's a people problem. It's a people problem. It's a, ma- it's a man problem. It's a heart. It's problem. a heart problem, yeah. right? Yeah, it's right? a m- mommy and daddy problem too. So I don't got yeah, much. Yeah. I don't yeah. got much to I say mean, about that, but I just thought it was really powerful. Um, right. The sheriff talking about that. So let's get into Wait. what I really want to. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're really well, going because we got five minutes, and I really want to get in this. This is one of the few times the clock's up in the studio, and Gabe's actually monitoring it. I'm loving <laughs> it. Go ahead, do your thing. I got a train of thought now. Um, uh, this is kind of you got a segue. There's a little warning to this. Um, but I'm going to get into it. Keith Reed, former ESPN senior writer who knows and has worked with Jamel Hill, is with us. Uh, nice to see you and Clay Travis with Fox Sports Radio and founder of OutkickTheCoverage.com. Uh, gentlemen, good to see both of you. And uh, Clay, to you first, you know, of all the different columnists or, or even magazines in the wake of Charlottesville specifically that, that have called out the president as racist, why... Why do you think he, he, he really took this particular target on ESPN uh, and, and Jamel? Well, I think because ESPN's not in the business of commenting randomly on political-related issues. If you look at their history, they established about 18 months ago that they don't believe their people should be involved in non-sports-related political controversies. They suspended and then fired Kurt Schilling for saying that he disagreed with the North Carolina transgender bathroom bill. And that had absolutely nothing to do with sports. And they said, look, you can't have this opinion. It's too conservative. We're not going to allow it. I think that's a bad move. I'm a First Amendment absolutist. I believe in only two things completely, the First Amendment and boobs. (laughs) I'm going to stop it right there. Did you hear this video, Rachel? Um. What what had happened was this um, uh, Fox Sports guy was being interviewed on CNN, and and of course the woman um, newscaster asks him this loaded question about Donald Trump, basically some sort of racism in Donald Trump, you know Charlottesville and so forth, and um, I think it was a little foul in how he did this, but he basically said I'm a First Amendment guy and I believe in First Amendment and boobs, and he. He just totally throws the whole conversation for her. Of course, CNN Network, if you guys remember Kathy Griffith on CNN back uh, two years ago uh-huh. on uh, 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 
New Year's Eve. Yeah. On New Year's Eve, she took her shirt off, live CNN, right, right. And stuff like that. Um, oh, wow. CNN, she, she didn't lose her contract. This is that. in New York. She didn't lose her contract for it. You know, the the interview goes on to where basically the gal, um, the host, shuts it down. She's like, I don't, you know, what what do you mean? You're being so um, vulgar. You're being so right. bad. Um, right. wh- why are you talking about women that way? That kind of thing. Um, now, of course, um, I disagree with how he he went about it. Um, but um, before we before we get there, um, well, let me let me do a couple more things before we get Uh-oh. discussing this deeper. Okay. Uh, oh. Um, last week, <clears throat> um, there's a school in Idaho in Jefferson County where they're starting to ban going through their curriculum and banning novels that um, have language, harsh language, um, sexual sexualized language, and so forth. Well, one of the books they want to ban is George Orwell's 1984. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're yeah, get that one out. Yeah, of here. Get, get it out of here. Right. It, it, it does. It I does have all this, and it, and, it, and it does have some racy stuff in it. It does have some racy stuff in it, but um, uh, they're wanting to ban that book, and um, not done yet. Hold on, <laughs> wait. There's more. Okay, we're going down. I'm taking you guys down a track here. Um, uh, let me hit play on this. Thank you. Applause upon applause, speaker after speaker. Hours of passionate testimony, all focused on one key question. What is and isn't an appropriate lesson in a kindergarten classroom? The school spent a lot of time since these concerns were raised meeting with parents. The issue stems from a lesson on what it means to be transgender. After a kindergarten student at Rockland Academy Gateway, born a boy, was reintroduced to her class as a transgender girl. Kindergarten student now feels, feels like he wants to be a girl. And so now they're talking about embedding transgender curriculum in kindergarten. Right. You know, child right. abuse curriculum in kindergarten. Right. There, I mean, children's books already have so many stories that are trying to teach that. Yeah. Well, I know in California, which is where you're living. Yeah, you're a teacher. Yeah. You already They have that. LGBT yeah. curriculum as low as second grade in California. When, yeah. my, uh, when my wife was an elementary ed uh, major at University of Idaho, this is probably about 2000, 2001, uh, she took an elementary lit class and they did a segment um, on uh, the famous um, children's author Tommy DePaula. Tommy DePaula. He's written a bunch of books. You've probably heard of him. I can't think of any of them off the top of my head. Do an Amazon search. He's won like every children's lit award there is, basically, probably like 20 or 30 well known titles in mm-hmm. children's lit. And they're reading all of them. And the very last one they read is one that's by him um, called Oliver Button is a Sissy. <laughs> and it's a. Oops. And it's and it's so turns out Tommy DePaulo is is homosexual, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um and so the, first of all it's sort of this like coming out like yep. ta-da mm-hmm. this author that you love and he's got a lot of books that a lot of people love ta-da he's homosexual yeah. does that change your opinion of all his books? But then ta-da he wrote this book that's sort of autobiographical about him as a little boy, but he prefers you know doing ballet right. and doing girl things. Mm-hmm. And the moral of the story, of course, is that that's. Just, What's wrong with being a just, sissy? That's just fine. Yeah. If, if you mm-hmm. if you want to be a sissy, you can be fine. That's just fine. Mm-hmm. This is you know, uh, you know, sixteen, seventeen years ago, and um, it's only gotten worse. Well, and to tie tie this all together is like the CNN host is aghast that this guy only believes in two things: right, First Amendment and he, boobs, he's, and she has no problem with this you know transgender curriculum being introduced to kindergartners. Now it's not the same. It's not the same. No, new, not new, the same anchor. newscast. But you're just you're just making the point that yeah. like politically speaking, it's completely legit and cool to be sort of all like dignified talking about a little boy who wants to dress like a girl. Yep. Nobody's aghast. Right. Yeah. Nobody's aghast about. But you know, think about his feelings. But he said boobs on TV. Right. Right. Yeah, you know. Yeah. He said. He said. Right. But so. but this little boy is at least being set up to no. um, have surgeries done. Right. In a few years that will include the same anatomical parts absolutely and, and she'll right right exactly right and she'll cover it sympathetically right and 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 uh d- deal with it with a straight face and a serious and sober you know way and not be appalled by it not not be scandalized by i'm it. appalled that it, it, we have only a minute and 25 seconds to talk about it yeah. <laughs> uh, i think we might not need to put a little more time into it uh, uh but before we do jason elmore uh-oh. elite execution yes. fasten your seat businessman salesman Extraordinary. What a great book. You don't want to miss this next interview on Cross Politics.
This is Cy Timbrugnke with Answer Anyone Apologetics. I was at a conference a few years back where the lecture included some wonderful evidences for a young earth. After the conference, I was talking with a speaker, a good friend of mine, when we were approached by a medical doctor who was attending the conference. He told my friend that he loved the lecture, up to the point where he started talking about a young earth, because, he said, that's just nuts. I asked the doctor, do you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? He said, of course, I'm a Christian. Then I asked him, what in your medical profession could prove to you that a man who was dead for three days could come back to life? He said, nothing. I said, then why do you believe it? He said, because that's what the Bible says. I asked him, then why don't you believe what the Bible says about the age of the earth? He had no answer. You see, as Christians, our ultimate authority is the Word of God. Denying what the Bible says may grant you more credibility with the professed unbelievers of the world, but it dishonors the Lord who bought us. When we defend our faith, our job is not to make the message more palatable to goats, but to offer sheep food to those who our Lord is calling to Himself. And we can rest assured that Jesus' sheep will hear His voice. For more apologetic answers, visit AnswerAnyone.com. Welcome back to Cross Politic, y'all. With us in the studio today, we got Jason Elmore. Well, not in the studio. Oh, uh, well, but he's with us. He's with us. In spirit. In spirit. And in technology. Yeah, technology. By, <laughs> by the power of God. <laughs> yeah. Jason yeah. Elmore in the house uh, via Skype or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Toby doesn't know. Uh, just, there's a voice. Yeah, just, yeah. Coming, just preach that yeah. word, Pastor. Don't worry about heaven. the technology. Yeah. Don't Jason, worry about it. Jason, <laughs> if you don't know Jason, he's well known for his passion and creative genius for selling and teaching. He has an uncanny ability to identify, articulate, and transfer key selling insights leading to success across various business platforms and products. Ooh. Hey, ooh and all over that. Jason has built a career of consistent top sales performance of two for de- two decades. Jason has been a sales award winner, President's Club winner, sales manager, sales trainer. Wow. He has experience in B2B, small startup med device, and the world's largest medical device and pharmaceutical companies. Oh, my goodness. He's got a going. trophy room, doesn't he? Keep he? It going. He's a native of Washington, Pennsylvania. Jason holds a BS in marketing management from Grove City College. In addition to wearing multiple hats on the job and consulting on the City. side, Jason stays extremely busy holding leadership positions in his church, serving in the school board. <gasps> he's a Christian. While farming his, <laughs> farming his land. He's a farmer. What? No. He, he resides outside Indianapolis, Indiana, currently with his wife and nine children. Amen. Wow. Hey. Amen. He beat David. <laughs> he beat Wait. Chuck Knox on this one. Welcome, nine Jason. Kids, Jason. Jason, well, you welcome. Yeah. Thank you for being oh, on the show with us. Praise God. My pleasure. Hey. This is a thrill. Hey, Jason. Uh, as, as Dennis Prager says, with nine kids, you cannot be an atheist Democratic operative, right? Everybody knows. You can't. There's no way that's going to happen. You're, you're, you're all in. You're all in. Hey, Jason, tell me, are those exactly. nine kids baptized? I just want to know. Just just for me. Just for me. Are they baptized? They're all baptized. Look at you. Look Jason, at you. Me and you just became real close friends, brother. <laughs> May the Lord God bless you right real on. good, man. Uh, now, Jason, right you're the author of a book entitled Elite Execution, which just sounds dangerous. <laughs> um, can you please uh, let us tell us, tell our listeners, uh, what is this book all about? Yeah, so this isn't a beginner's book. This is actually uh, written straight to uh, experienced salespeople, experienced sales professionals. There are other books uh, for people who are just getting started in their sales career but there aren't books written specifically to tenured, experienced salespeople who want to go to that next level, which frankly tend to be salespeople who actually read books, right? Most, mm. most adults <laughs> outside of Christian circles aren't reading a lot of books, uh, and especially professional books. But um, if you want to sharpen the sword, if you want to go to the next level, if you want to get into executive level, level sales, there are some things you better know. There are some things that you better be practicing. And so the subtitle is Disciplines and Insights for Extraordinary Salespeople. So these are people that are starting to you know, punch the ceiling and they're, they're trying to break into the top 10%. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're, they're wanting to know, I'm really close. How do I get into that, you know, that top tier? Um, this is for them. Um, yeah. the, the, there's a couple things there, though. I mean, 
This is for what, what I call cocksure people. Um, so that kind of rubs, rubs people the wrong way. But you got to remember, sales is about eating rejection every day, right? So you have to be unusually and almost surreal I in your ability was, to overcome. I thought that was just pastors. <laughs> right. Well, there's something to that, right? Yep, so yep. if you're going to succeed in this, this area, um, you're, te- you're typically going to be calling on people who are superior to you in every way. For, in my line of work, I'm in med tech. Yeah. So I'm calling on a surgeon who usually is older than me, has more letters behind his name, more education, makes more money, has more authority, all those things. And yet in a winsome way, I have to come alongside that person and convince them that this is the way to go. And so that's that's kind of what's different at the executive level. Interesting. Yeah. If you're calling on some pretty astute people, you're, you're walking into the C-suite, right? You're walking in to talk to the CEO yeah. or the CFO. It, it's different. And so where do you get where do you get the confidence to go in and talk to those guys? Well, you better know your stuff and you better have some insights uh, because if you're doing your job the right way at this level, you're teaching people. Mm. And Toby probably identifies with that because he's constantly provoking people to think differently about what they're currently doing mm-hmm. or he's teaching them something. And when you start to teach people and you start to provoke new thoughts about a reality that doesn't exist yet and a new way to do things, you're going to run into some opposition. You're going to take it on the chin. So, um, so, so Jason, um, I was a vice president of, a, of, of sales at a, at a company for a number of years, and I read so many a number of sales books. Um, mm-hmm. in fact, that was kind of one of the ways that they encouraged us to, to grow. They had a budget for us to buy these books, stuff like that. And they mm-hmm. all, they all kind of, um, were the, saying the same thing with, you know, some different adverbs here and there and <laughs> adjectives here and there. Um, you know, what is, what is distinct beyond it? This kind of trying to be for more advanced salespeople. What's, what's distinct about, um, elite execution. Well, for one, I can guarantee you none of those sales books talked about forgiveness. Oh, ain't that the truth? (laughs) (laughs) Now, listen, we we believe in all of Christ for all of life, right? And so we appreciate this concept of forgiveness. But how many business people do you know in the last 12 months have asked one of their customers or somebody at work for forgiveness? They didn't apologize. You know, apologies are different. Apologies are passive. You know, hey, Gabe, I'm really sorry. Yeah. But hey, buddy, I- I'm sorry. Yeah, it's easier that when way. You- well, it's <laughs> passive. It doesn't require anything on the part of your customer. Right. If you go to them and you say, "Look, we screwed up. We messed this up. This didn't go the way it was supposed to go. Will you forgive me?" Wow. Okay, mm. that's different. That requires something active on the part. And here's the problem: is in business, we we, we do offend people. We do make mistakes. We do have to you know fix broken relationships because things don't go perfectly. And a lot of people, especially salespeople, think that they apologized and they fixed it. Mm, and yeah. now they can't figure out why they're not being treated the same way and things aren't happening and the, the process is stagnant and, mm. and everything's bogged down. And what they don't realize is it's the same in your business life as in your personal life. You need forgiveness or that person isn't letting it go. They're stewing over it. And every time you come into that business, they see you and, and you know, there's just negativity. So, so give me an example of what that looks like in, in your life and what you've done in the business world. Two things um, here real quick. <laughs> I, want, I want a real I, example. I I'm going to give you some time to think yeah. about it. <laughs> Secondly, um, it, when you do do that with an unbeliever in the business world, um, what do they think? That's, is that odd? I mean, They you won't know, let you. Yeah, they, they won't, won't let, let you. you. They're not. Listen, they're, they're so unaccustomed to it. So I'll give you a, this just happened, right? This happened three months ago. Um, had a surgeon put a case on, wanted to use my product. Long story short, we screwed up. We didn't show up. Okay, flat out. We just, we failed to show up. Yeah. Walked in the door 45 minutes late. Case was already over. It was, you know, it was done. It was lost. Mm. Walked in, went to the surgery director and she happened to be sitting. So I had to get down on a knee to look her in the eye and ask her if she would forgive me. It was completely my fault. I own it. There's no excuse. We just blew it. Will you forgive me? And she had never, to your point, had never had that response from anybody or never had that come from anybody. Wow. And she's, oh, oh, don't worry about it. It's okay. And I said, no, it's not okay. We blew it. 
will you forgive me? <laughs> she right? started screaming and, and saying, get away from me, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually they love it and mm-hmm. it deepens our relationship and it gives us a, you know, it gives us that reset that we need. Yeah. But they're so unaccustomed to it that they'll try to deflect it because emotionally That's right. they're not used to operating on that level. Yeah, it's real. It's real. <laughs> it's, it's real. real. It's yeah. real. Like, what is this feeling it's I have real. in my heart? It's starting to beat <laughs> well, all of a sudden. You know? <laughs> but, but think about this. We, but think about this. We have this verse in the Bible that says a brother offended is harder to win, to win than, a, than the iron bars on, on, a, on a city wall, right? Yeah. Do you think that doesn't apply at work? Of course it does. Come yeah, on now. Yeah, of yeah, course right. it does. Right. So if we're in business and I go to business executives or I go to salespeople who, you know, every time you walk into this account, it's like being at your in-laws. You're welcome, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're the sales rep. You're, you're, but so there are plenty of times when we step on people's toes, we accidentally say the wrong thing, we don't realize it, and they're not really interested in telling us. But if you want to have a healthy business relationship in a whole host of arenas, you better be asking somebody to forgive you at least twice a year. If, if you look back and you haven't asked anybody to forgive you twice in the past year, wow. I guarantee you somebody's holding it against you mm. and you mm-hmm. don't know it. Mm. Yeah. Jason, I just got to so, tell you. Hey, what, have you read that in your Have you read that in any of your other books? No, 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 no. no. That, <laughs> hey, hey, you sold me on that alone. Yeah. Absolutely. No, actually, this yeah. is one of the things I was going to say right away. The, there's four sections in this book. In the first section, I started repenting. <laughs> as soon as I got through it, now I got to give you my my story to how I got into this book. So Gabe says, "Hey, check it out, read it." We're having him on the show. I'm like, hey, "Cool, a business. That's great. I like business. I own a business. Let me check it out." Oh. I have to pay for it because somebody didn't send us a free copy so we can read. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. No, no, no. I'll do it. I'll, I, no, I won't. I'm gonna go ahead and get the sample version. I'm gonna get the sample version off of Amazon, and then I'm gonna just look at the the, the content and, and say and just ask some questions based off that. So I'm shaving my beautiful bald head, and <laughs> beautiful bald head. I'm letting Amazon read to me your book, and it stopped in the middle of the first section. And I freaked out and almost cut my head. Because <laughs> I was like, no, where's the rest of it? And so I'm throwing my razor around on the counter like, trying to hurry up and purchase the book so I don't miss like, <laughs> like it's a show that I can't catch up on, you know? Right. <laughs> right. And, and it was that good that I couldn't stop. And I got to, uh, the first part of this, the first section of it really had me repenting because the, one of the first things you do is you ask, what is a professional? Right? Right. And, and, that that's I want to get into that in a second. But another thing you started really presenting is being valuable to your customers. And you know the first thing that hit me was loving your neighbor. Mm. And I was mm-hmm. thinking like, wait, hold on. We're always talking about believing the product, uh, pushing something that we love. But is what we have valuable to them? And man, you just nailed that whole position about making sure that what being yourself valuable to them. Yeah. And a professional. Yeah, so, so go ahead and define for everybody what a professional is. <laughs> Thank you. Well, there's this idea that y- you must know why things happen. Everybody can tell you what happened. Yeah. Everybody can tell you that there was a car crash down on the corner. And everybody can tell you that you know the water's leaking on the floor. Everybody can tell you what happened. But a professional understands it so well that they can take the variables – in a given situation, they can manipulate those variables so that they can replicate the outcome. That's huge, especially in sales. If you're successful uh, this year, but you don't know why, then you will not be successful yes, next, the next year. And worse, the company will copy what you're doing, to, to, and it'll, it'll injure the company uh, because nobody really understands it. So you have to be able to manipulate the variables. You have to replicate the outcomes. And then this is critical. You have to be able to articulate what you're doing and why it works mm. so that you can transfer it to other people. I was in sales training and I would invite our top 10 sales reps to come to my classes and speak to the new hires because that's what they wanted more than anything was to hear somebody who was doing it, hear it straight from the horse's mouth. And what they wanted to know was, how do I be successful? So I would invite these guys to come and I would say, hey, so just out of curiosity, you know, you're in the top 10, you're doing great. So what are the three things that are making you successful? 
And I would, every time, I would get humble pie. Yep. Well, you know, I mean, everybody. It's luck, man. And I would it's tell luck. them. <laughs> right. Well, and so I would tell them, I would say, hey, look, um, I need an email from you with three paragraphs describing the three things that are making you successful or I'm rescinding the invitation because if you can't articulate what's working and if what's working isn't transferable, then you're going to demotivate my new hires. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Please don't show mm. up. <laughs> and see, no, that, listen, that's great. You have to, you, you're at work, you're in the church, you're in the community, you're in your family and you have to operate with a belief that everybody wants to do a good job. Mm. Everybody wants to be valuable to the people they are serving. And if you can't make them better, if you can't tell them how to be successful, if you can't tell them what works and why, then you're not going to be successful. You're not going to be valuable people. You're not going to be helpful. Yeah. And you're not loving your neighbor. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's tough. well. So let's take the Yeah. Well, so let's take this to the next level. Right. Um, if you're. It, one, of the, one of the things I contend all the time is that the new evangelism is excellence. Excellence is the new evangelism. Mm. Um, we, we all have people in our family that if they weren't part of our family, we probably wouldn't associate with them because they're really not committed <laughs> to excellence. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that, Jason. <laughs> no, but, but truly, right? Yeah. And the problem is we need Christians to recognize that if you're not really getting after it, if you're not really impressing the people at work, they really don't want to hear about your God. Mm. That's true. That's true. Hey, Amen. You gonna play him an organ? I, <laughs> yeah. Where is that? Come on, Jason. Jason, <laughs> Jason won't even be able to hear he it. He won't though. even hear it. Oh, well. <laughs> and my heart's playing the no, organ. Yeah, That's right. I, sure. can, I can see the look on his face, Jason. Is, it was. It was like he, he couldn't even. He couldn't get to the organ. It's, he it's wanted so to. Good. Well, so so we got about two minutes left, Jason. And and I'll say one of the things in in kind of the cells world, you have kind of these two um, paradigms. Uh, I would, and this is definitely reducing things for sure but you kind of have the car salesman paradigm and then you have kind of the business executive paradigm and and they uh, obviously they especially everyone everyone kind of jumps up and down and says i don't want to be the car salesman right but then but then we default to kind of this business executive um you know paradigm where it's it's professional in all the wrong ways um it's all about the money it's all about the late nights being on the road um uh, traveling going to the conferences all these things and it's uh, it, it, there's no substance behind it except for being able to hit your sales goals at the end of the year. Um, can you kind of talk through that? If you honestly don't believe that what you're doing is making the world better, you need to go find something else to do. Yeah. Mm. Amen. 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 Preach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now listen, so your commitment to excellence is based on this idea that I must succeed or the world isn't going to be a better place. Um, you know, someday somebody's going to cure cancer. And the day they do that, they're going to have to hire me to figure out a way to convince a bunch of skeptical physicians and an unbelieving world that it's true. Yeah. Mm. What is the gospel but the truth? It's the truth that people are having a hard time believing that really a God loves me, gave his son, right? The gospel truth is hard for people and they're skeptical. And this is no different. If you really have something good that's really going to make the world a better place, that's got to be your motivation. Yeah. Mm. Amen. I, I I just Jason, thank you so much for being with us, man. I I really think your book. Um, I know you're focusing directly on the per- extraordinary salesperson, but man, this book is just for everybody. That's real. Everybody good. really needs to grab this book. It has so many beautiful nuggets for you, and no, <laughs> I, I, regardless of where you're at, if you're if you're a stay at home mom, I mean, just some of the things you go through with the working out. What is your focus? What are the goals you want to accomplish? Yeah. How you get there, and then. How to be a help even to your family, man. You really hit some major points in this book. Where can people buy it at? Uh, they can go to my website, um, EliteExecutionSales.com, or they can get it on Amazon. But there we go. I got mine on Amazon after I read uh, the free version. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jason, thank you very much for being with us. More Cross Politic when we come back. Canon Press is a publishing house located in Moscow, Idaho. Canon Press, we create and provide products that sketch a vision of the whole life, a whole culture, a life full of beauty, tradition, education, community, laughter, and celebration. 
unashamed of Christ and sharply at odds with the values of modernity, a mature culture with the church at the center, living out the good life, one family at a time. We believe our book, audio, and visual selections reflect this exciting life that God has given us under the sun. As the wisest man said, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. Canonpress.com. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house, not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world, not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu forward slash explore welcome back to cross politic this uh, segment is brought to you by fumes oh wait I'm sorry. Glenn Mar- I don't know how to Marangi Glenn Glenn Marangi that stuff is nice. Highland single malt scotch whiskey. The Quinta Reuben uh, port cask finish. 12, you know, 12 years. You know this stuff is good when you can let Gabe you know, ramble for the first segment and not really say anything. No, no, no. You're just sitting there just sipping back. Not really bothered by it. This is pretty good, you know. We got Rachel Seaborn with us in the studio today. She's our managing editor of our blog, our website. Thanks for being with us, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Yes. Jason Elmore. Elite execution? Dude. You know, um, loved the stuff about excellence. Excellence is the new evangelism. That was good. Yeah. Somebody needs to put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. A hey. bumper sticker. How do, how do you think you um, differentiate that from like where it could stop people from trying to have an evangelistic impact because like I'm not there yet, you know, and kind of yeah. holding back because you don't think you've reached excellence yet? Yeah. Well, I think I, mean, I think the answer is you know, then you can't do anything. That that sort of um, objection means then that you're you're frozen. You can't do anything. But yeah, uh, I would I wouldn't equate but, excellence with perfectionism. Right, not right, per, not right, perfectionism. Right. But but I think you do your very best today, mm-hmm. and you do your be- very best to please Christ first and foremost. Yeah, and then in so doing, seek to do all that you can to be a blessing to your neighbor and to those around you. But just I mean I, th- I think the basic point is just just striving and. And marry this to his point about asking the for forgiveness, forgiveness yeah. right? That, that was powerful, That's man. powerful. Yeah, and yeah, and so was. you're doing your very best, and to the extent that you fail, you're recognizing it, you're owning it, straightforwardly seeking forgiveness. That itself is is a recognition of excellence, even when you don't mm-hmm. meet it. And excellence by grace, too, I guess. Right, right. And, and so, yeah, it's it's not just, you know, not just sweating and scraping. And everybody knows that, yeah, you, you're recognizing that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not always hitting the mark. And when I don't, I want to own that. But I think that that pointing to excellence is ultimately what we're doing is we're pointing to Christ. That's right. Mm-hmm. Christ is the excellent one yeah. in every respect. He's the holy one, the good one, the perfect one, the righteous one. And so our striving after excellence is really nothing more than just striving after Christ. Trying Amen. to be like Christ. Yeah. In, in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was, it was fantastic. Look at his book. It's on Amazon. Well, I, I, it, I, I, yeah, I will. When you like, uh, you know, we were talking about how we've read through so many business books and sales books and everything. I and just expected the same old, yeah, same yeah. old. Just with a few little good yeah. points here or there, you know. Well, and, and what's funny is a lot of them are same old, same old. And they're all, the, and even in the midst of all that same old, same old, they're all still trying to borrow from the Bible. You know, because love your neighbor. Sure. And, you they're know, like all atheists, those... you know. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Let me borrow your morality for a little bit while eh, I tell you you're wrong. Because it works. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But then, uh, so, and his book, of course, talked about love your neighbor, but but his book talked about forgiveness. Right. Yeah. So all these other books talk about, mm-hmm. you know, love your neighbor, be kind, serve. When you, you know, start talking like, about getting- like the anatomy of peace where uh, uh, he talks about trying to put yourself in the other person's shoes and reimagine the situation from their perspective, yeah. which is kind of trying to teach a sort of understanding and forgiveness, but not not with the the understanding that you've uh we tend to forgive ourselves uh unjustly without mm-hmm. without necessarily needing to apply Christ righteous we Christ righteousness to yeah. ourselves yeah 
too quickly. Um, and that, but, but that's, that's the thing that you need to understand that you need that in order to apply it to other people, not just simply like, well, if I, if I put myself in their perspective, then, then suddenly I'll be able to forgive them. Right. Right. And I think that was what's striking about his example of when he had to go and ask for forgiveness and what happened. The lady was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Don't worry about like, it. Don't worry about it. No, no. no. And, and he said, no. Yeah. It, it, no, I, 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 it was wrong. Yeah. This, is, this is wrong. That's when, this when, this when you have to answer to somebody higher than the person you're looking at, right? When you have to answer to God for your sin, mm-hmm. he said, Lord, I messed up. Yeah, you, you do stuff like that. Right. When God's the final authority on everything, you do stuff like that. That's right. why it's better to have Christians in business, <laughs> right? right? right. Yeah. Who fear God, you know? And not man. And right. not man. Absolutely. I just, I just read uh, this week. Um, a great book that actually just um, com- completely dovetails with that point. I was, I was, I was, I didn't read his book, right? That's okay. I didn't do my prep. I didn't do my homework. I almost didn't either. <laughs> but <laughs> he says that, and all of a sudden, I was, I was thinking, oh wow. So I'm doing a leadership training program right now with a bunch of guys in our church, and the book we read this week is called "From Forgiven to Forgiving." Mm. By, Jay Adams, by right? Jay Adams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, great book, and makes the very same point Jason made, which is apologizing is not the same thing as asking for forgiveness um saying just sorry about that you know whoops sorry about that you yeah. know i bumped uh, into you my no big deal my bad yeah. right is not a, not biblical forgiveness mm-hmm. um that that biblical forgiveness has to do with recognizing exactly what has been done that was wrong and the way and the damage that it's done mm. right i lied yeah i failed i did not keep my word um, whatever it was, I took, this is a sin. Will you please forgive me? Yeah. Which requires a transaction on their part where they have to then, um, Adams calls it a pro- forgiveness. Fundamentally, he says it's a promise, a promise mm-hmm. not to hold that against you. And when you do that, you're, that's, that's why he was talking about how this is, this is why when you don't do this, you end up working with companies that, yeah, you, you kind of talked about it smoothed it over yeah but why is there still this egginess why is there still this you know like something's wrong here well because you didn't really deal with it that's right i see the same thing in in marriages and in families yeah and, and i that's, sometimes i, I got f- a question there on that yep i forget i forget to, to help I, sometimes you have to sit down with somebody like okay first of all you got to go home and you got to talk to your wife and you got to say this is what i did that was wrong yeah name the sin and say honey will you please forgive me or to your son or to your daughter or to your husband um but sometimes I'm, I'm talking to somebody in the office like, well, you need to go home and go make that right. You know what you mean by that. That's shorthand. And, and, I, and I know what I mean yeah, by that. Shorthand, and, yeah. and then And then they, they go home and I say, did you, you, know, did you talk to your wife? Yeah, yeah. I, I, talk, I talked to her. Yeah, I talked to her. Okay. And then like, you know, a month later, two months later, we're still talking. And like, things are not getting better. Yeah. Right. Why yeah. are they not? And then I'll be like, okay, guys, this is about forgiveness. And they'll yeah. be like, well, we already tried that. Yeah. <laughs> did you? And I, I, I say, no, you, you didn't. Yeah. I think, I think uh, for business especially, that would be really important because um it could uh, christians can come off sometimes as because we believe in forgiveness that it's just kind of the you know christians aren't perfect just forgiven kind of a thing right um and right. in business that that could scare people that you're working with if, right. if you think you can just say sorry and it's which all done practically means you can just sort of cut corners mess up yeah and not be held accountable but that's not what forgiveness is about. Yeah. If if you've if you're actually like he said with the the lady who's saying, "Oh, it's okay." And he's like, "No, it's not. That's what I'm trying to say is this wasn't okay." Right. Please forgive and, me. And part of the reason for that is that we don't know how to repent. Right. Mm. We we right. don't know how to go to God. And, we don't know and, how to go to and, church and repent. <laughs> well, that's, what, that's exactly right. And you know what? And you the people who are um there's a lot of people who talk about repentance but then they're mm. not laying that out, right. what that really is. Right. And that's what, and, that's what Adams is really good on. He's, he says, yeah. he says it's, it, you have to tie repentance and confession and forgiveness that's all right. together. they got to stay together. And so when you say, this is what I did, it was wrong, it was not okay, you're simultaneously saying, and I need to do everything in my power never to do it again. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's real repentance. Yeah. It's really Man. turning away, saying, I was wrong, that was bad, that was evil, and I need to do... I'm going to go the opposite direction. And that's a Holy so, Spirit thing of conviction, too. Like, the Holy Spirit right. is pointing yeah. out your sin. This right. is the thing that right. is hindering you. Right. And <laughs> Repent yes. of this and, thing. And this is a commitment to excellence. Ex- yes, ab- amen. Right. Y- y- amen. You're, you're, yeah. you're pointing out the problem in detail. That's really yeah. good, Toby. Yeah. 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 
So um, my my daughter, my seven year old, we're memorizing Psalm twenty together, and when you memorize, like it just opens up the word to you in a right. whole different way. Um, and Psalm twenty, um, you know, I'll just read the first two verses. Won't go too far, but may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of God of Jacob defend you. May He send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. Where does where does help come from? That's right. Sanctuary. Right, it comes from, from the sanctuary. sanctuary. Right, where yeah. does help come from? From Zion. Yeah. And what does Asaph and, say? The same thing, right? He said, I yeah. considered the wicked and they were getting away with all this. He's like, and then I went to the sanctuary. Then I went to church. <laughs> yeah. Then I went to church. <laughs> and Sunday all of morning. a sudden yeah. it all fell into place. It, it became, right? became clear. Exactly. Right. So right. let me, let me bring a little ambiguity into this forgiveness stuff. Okay. Um, uh, how do you, how do you handle a situation? So it, we're, let's, let's give the husband and wife example. Okay. Um, and let's say it's Gabe and Annie. <laughs> oh we're gonna need some bring, more of this let's right bring here. Some names in there. <laughs> just, just, just two random people. Just, just hypothetically, okay, I'm gonna have to open up the <laughs> One person's name G and the other one's A. All right. Uh, oh boy, G's wrong. And yeah, most likely, right? And and they get and uh, you know they have a communication snafu, right? Yep. Where where one person says one thing and the other person takes it one way, and then yep. and you have this discovery of trying to figure out okay was was this a sin yeah or did you receive this communication wrong right um mm-hmm. and then do i need to just apologize and say hey sorry i didn't intend it that way or do i need to say forgiveness um right. i was wrong you know right. how do you i know mm-hmm. this is super ambiguous but right. how do you how do we kind of sort through that um well i, I think yeah it, there's gonna be always sort of the the whoops sorry moments in life so uh, the apology of just you know sorry my bad really is for things that aren't sinful you know, you bump, bump, oops, sorry. Right. It's, it's not, you didn't sin against them to accidentally bump into somebody right. or whatever. It's it's just an accident and there there was no. And there's just a level of grace that just yeah. comes and, into play. And, and, that, and that's fine. I think that's fine to yeah. say, hey, oops, sorry about that. And, you know, no worries. Because we're not talking about a sin. A, a bre- What we mean by that is a break of fellowship. Mm-hmm. When fellowship has been broken, that's when you or, or, or significantly strained. Mm-hmm. That's where you need to go back and, and you need to make sure you, you name the sin clearly and ask for forgiveness and i think it's going to be a case-by-case thing on that sort of thing gabe because you're going to have situations where i I think uh, i mean when it's a husband and wife in a marriage situation i think the husband is ultimately responsible um for evaluating that i think i think and and making that call um i think you know the you know depending on which side it happened whatever um all kinds of dynamics go into that and history and everything else and um but i think there's going to be times where you know the husband might need to, to to say you know what honey I think this was just a bump and yeah. I, I don't, I don't think I sinned against you. I don't think you sinned against me. Yeah. It was, you know, I'm deaf in one ear, you know I mean? Whatever, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> and you know, there's this, this kind of thing. And, and, and then we need to just decide that, you know, love just covers this kind of, um, That's right. this kind yeah. of snafu. I think there's going to be other situations where you need to make the hard call and say, you know what? I see what you're saying there. And yes, I did not communicate clearly. In fact, I, I said things that, can easily lead you to believe something different right that was wrong please forgive me um for misleading you in that way for not being a clear leader in this situation or vice versa honey i do believe that you sinned in this um and guess how dare you call your wife to repent and 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 (laughs) that and man's got to do that a man's got well i I think i think culture i mean obviously the bottom line in all this when when you get in those challenging moments in marriage or with your roommate or you know with your mom and dad whatever communication is a funny thing mm. because it, it forces you to learn grace in a way that you've never had that's why when you leave college or it, when you when you leave the house and you go get a roommate what are the first sins that happen amongst roommates <laughs> oh, <laughs> most yeah. likely communication right and then you get married and then there's a deeper level of, of communication that happens there and a deeper level of of community that happens there, and then there's just God amps up the the the, the always, playing field. I always tell time. people it's hilarious because God says, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, yeah. and you know, guys are like, well, you know, that's what I like, you know, Amen. <laughs> and, and, I can do that and, to the guy and, across the street, and then and then he's <laughs> like, and here, you're now going to live very close, very very close proximity with a creature that is very different from you. Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. lo- love your neighbor as yourself. Yep. Only. You need to very quickly realize, oh, she's very different than me. Right. Um, and and I, I find, too, when it comes to communicating, um, a lot of times we're lazy yep. oh my in gosh. how we communicate. 
Oh man. You know, and and we're not loving our neighbor in the way that we take the time to actually have the conversation, the time to communicate something mm. to someone else, not just our spouse, but anyone. You know, um and and that's where I, I find that I need to do a lot more repenting at. Yep. I need to learn to communicate and, and to the person that I'm talking to in a way that they would understand it so yeah, that we right. can have union, right. you know? This and is why a husband is called to dwell with his wife in an understanding, understanding way. way. Right. Right. If you can't say amen, say ouch. You know? First, Brody says. <laughs> First Peter 3. That's yeah. very, and so I, I, I've had to repent, and I, I think a lot of us still need to, of the lack of being able to communicate well to the people that we're talking to. So let's, so let's bring this full circle. Yeah. Right? Jesus. Well, no, no. Oh, okay. Well, first I was going to talk about the guy on ESPN and, and, and yeah. the, and the, and the, yeah. problem, yeah. the school yep. shootings and uh-huh. all of this, uh-huh. all of this, right? Because what, what we want to do is we have a problem where, and, and this ties into the ethics issue too, what we were talking with, with Jason, Jason yeah. right? We want ethics and we don't want the God who gives ethics. Come on now. Right? Oof. We want we want right and wrong. We want safety. We want health. We want civility. And we don't want the God who gives those things. Amen. Right? So mm-hmm. so what we want to do, So, but what does that mean? Well, if we don't have the God who gives those things, then all we're going to do is we're, we're going to keep, you know, we have this like, you know, take all the guns away. No, no having fun, right? And don't say bad words. And then, but who gets to decide which things are dangerous and which things are bad? Well, basically, whoever's the most offended, Paulus. Whoever has the most money, yeah. Whoever has the most power, right? Whoever (laughs) happens to be the CEO of the company, whatever. Like, okay, but but that's what we're talking about. And and the and the sheriff or the the whoever it was that you you played the the the, Fox Sports guy. No, the other guy. The guy was talking about the shooting. That was the sheriff. yeah, Yeah, the guns didn't change. Society yeah. changed, yeah. right? Um, There's more guns in school when he was alive, when right. he was in school. And, high school and, yeah. and the thing is, is that we stopped confessing our sins and repenting. Oh man, that's that's it, yeah. right? We so what happened? We we got bitter, we got resentful, we got angry, and so now we got and we got sin, undealt with sin. We got guilt and we got shame because we got disobedient husbands and disobedient wives and fathers and mothers and children. Mm-hmm. And but what are we going to do to deal with that? And, and to your we're going to do therapy and yeah. meds. Yeah, yeah right. right. Yeah. You have, yeah, you have that's a condition. We're going to mask it. You have a condition. You have a condition. Yep. We're going to call it ADD, whatever. We're going to call it something. Deaf ear. We're going to call it, yeah. And we're going we're gonna to blame your circumstances. We're going to blame everything but you. Yeah. We're going to take away um, the, the, from you the dignity of being a human being who makes choices and is responsible for those choices. Yeah. We're going to blame everything else. Yeah. Right? So this is the dignity of, of, of forgiveness. The dignity of confession of sin is that you recognize that you are a human being made in the image of God with, with the ability and power to make decisions. That's good. And then yeah. when you make the wrong decisions, whose fault is it? Mm-hmm. Yours. Right. And we hate that. We hate having to take responsibility for our actions, but when but God's actually giving us our dignity back. Amen. When he gives us the opportunity to repent. That's a grace. Yeah, right? right? Own it. Own it. Not so that you sit there and wallow in it, but yeah. so, so you can get out. Well, and, and here's what our culture's doing. Um, we hate taking, you said we hate taking responsibility for ourselves, but we want everyone to take responsibility for their own mm-hmm. actions. Right? right. Well, duh. Right? The CNN anchor is a good example of this. Right. You can't say boobs right. online, uh, live on air. Right. But Kathy Griffith can do whatever she wants on our on our station. I won't say a darn thing to her. Right. And if a little boy wants to decide he's a little girl, you know, That's well, okay. let's respect him and, and yeah. so on because we got to respect his his identity. But but what we're doing is we're we're setting up a a chaotic situation where again I think about this in terms of you know you know practical counseling situations where I think right. I wonder how many times when I've said hey go make that right, what's happened is they go mm-hmm. home and they sort of like say hey you know sorry about earlier. Yeah. And like yeah yeah I know no worries. And you have this sort of like cathartic moment and maybe they even hug sure. right and they have warm <laughs> feelings and they think that's repentance right. confession right. and forgiveness right and it's not the it, cathartic moment is not is not forgiveness yeah right right um that cathartic moments it's going to subside and tomorrow you're going to feel yucky again mm-hmm. you're still going to feel guilty you're going to still feel resentful you're still going to feel bitter you're, and it's not dealt with right mm-hmm. right but god's way of forgiveness actually deals with sin it actually deals That's with right. sin, and sin is actually dealt with and taken away. And and God's God's way, if we don't do it God's way, what we do is we end up developing like a politics of forgiveness. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. 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 Uh, different different uh, rituals. Right. Different therapies. Yep. This is this is what you do in order to to deal right. with your sin. And and we first of all we need to take away your guns. Yeah. 
And, and he never yeah. cleans a slate, by the way. Right. No. Mm-hmm. Politics of forgiveness <laughs> never cleans no. a slate. No, no, nothing's ever taken care of. Yeah. No, we're, you know, it, nothing's ever fixed. We're just back to the nanny state again, right? Exactly. You know, if God's exactly. not your father, the state's going to be your nanny. There it, you go. Right. But what does the politics of forgiveness do? It creates a sacrificial lamb. Oh, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right, uh, uh, that's the thing. A false one. Politics yeah. of guilt and pity well, by, Rush, Jesus. by Rush Dooney is a really good one on this. Mm. He points out that yeah. that if those who are guilty are necessarily looking for justification, looking for blood. Got to have blood. Because mm. yeah, the wages of sin is death. That's right. And so if we're not going to have the blood of Christ, we're going to have the blood of babies. We're going to have the blood of our children. Amen. On that note, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Until next week, go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics.